Hey, this is Pastor Chris Garcia from Numa Church, and we're so glad that you tuned into our podcast today. I pray that as you listen to today's message, God will speak to your heart in a powerful way. I am so happy to be here with you guys. Let me get my iPad open. Um, for those of you that don't know me, I see some new faces out there. For those of you that don't know me, I am Julianes. I've been in this church since I was 15 years old. And yes, I'm going to tell you my age. I'm 39 and a half. Okay? I have no problem telling you that. This is all natural, guys. No. <laughs> Work very hard at it, no. But definitely so honored to be here today. This is my home. I have people here that are not my blood, but they are stronger than blood because the blood that unites us is the blood of Jesus. Today is going to be a great day. Say with me, today's going to be a great day. Awesome. And I want the um, media team back there that is amazing. You guys can put the picture. I want to show you a quick picture of my family behind me. This is my testimony picture here. This is, this is as good as it's gonna get, guys. Parents know that getting a picture with your kids is like a prophetic testimony of, this is as good as we're gonna look, okay? This is, this is it, this is it. This is my beautiful daughter, Ariana Joy. Holy Joy, that's what her name means. And my husband, Renee, that is in California right now, and he'll be coming soon because we are moving back to Miami. <laughs> Surprise! Yes, so we finished our season over there in Reading. We love you, Miami. We need el fueguito de acá. Before I begin today, I want to declare some things over you, okay? We're going to get really, we're going to just dive right in this. Today is my day of breakthrough. Today is your day of breakthrough. I believe that today is your day of freedom, and I believe today is the day that you change the narrative that you repeat to yourself on a daily basis that does not align with how God sees you. You know how I know this about you today? Because today, because I love this verse in the Bible, Luke 137. It says, for with God, nothing is impossible possible. Today I'm going to share with you a journey that for um, many years I kept it very private, but just recently I started sharing this journey and speaking about it more vocally, and it's a personal journey that led me to getting my child. This journey of infertility, this journey of waiting. You see, my issue with waiting was infertility. Maybe yours, you're waiting for a family member to come to the Lord. Maybe you're waiting for your husband to change or your mother-in-law to change. No, just <laughs> keep praying. No, I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. I love you, mother-in-law. But my mother-in-law is an amazing mother-in-law. Too much, too much. Martha's telling me too much. But I just wanna say that the testimony that I'm going to share with you today that Pastor Chris asked me to share with you is a testimony of nothing is impossible with God. You see, this, this journey that I went on of infertility was years in the making of loneliness. Have you ever felt pain, deep, deep pain that you can't even express in words? You can't even quantify in words. You can't even express what it is. That was the journey that I was on, a journey of loneliness, a journey of seeing other people get their blessing and I wasn't getting my blessing. Seeing other people try less and get more. Come on, come on. I mean, it doesn't have to be with children. It could be with something else. It could be with the business. It could be with the work. It could be with whatever. Just you, you put in that, 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 that space what it is for you. But for me, it was infertility. For me, it was having a prayer partner, a friend of mine. I love her, okay? Don't get me wrong, I love her. But we were praying both to have kids. And after a month of praying, she got pregnant and I didn't. You know who was praying more. You know who was praying more, right? I was praying more for her. Just kidding. But she got pregnant and then we stopped praying. And it was like, okay, 
I'm on this lonely journey again. It was painful. I can't even express to you how painful doing things you think that are right and not getting the response that you think that you, you should get. Needless to say, this journey took us 12 years, 12 years before you saw that beautiful, beautiful bundle of joy back there. And in those 12 years, I received many promises of God, which you guys have received promises of God as well. You guys have received words from God that say, hey, you're going to be um, a blessing to others. You are going to be a pillar in your church. You're going to be this and that. But I don't know if it's ever happened to you that you get a blessing and it's like, God has called you to be a financial tower and you're like broke and your bank account is negative. Well, that's how I was. That's how it was for me when I would receive a prophetic word of you're going to be a mom and you're going to be a mother. And I was like, do not even tell me anything anymore because I can't. It's too much. It's too much the pain to bear of the reality with the promise that I hear from this God that I don't understand why it's making me suffer. Has anybody been there? Anybody? Yeah. Yeah. We've all been there because one thing I'll tell you about me, I, I, I like to be very real and very honest, okay? I'm not here playing church. We're not here playing church. We're just, we're just having this conversation, right? Something that I realized in my 12 years of waiting, something that I realized very late on, I, I wish I was early on, but I, feel, I found it out later on, is that God calls us by our identity or our promise long before it becomes a reality in our life. And usually there's a waiting period involved. How do I know this aside from my own situation? But in the Bible, there's many men and women that have had great promises and long waiting periods. Abraham, for example, Abraham was called the father of nations. When was he given that word? When he was old, when he wasn't working, when the wife wasn't working either, when there was a situation happening that it looked impossible for him to have one child. And along the journey, it took him 25 years for that to happen. 25 years for that promise to come to pass. But I can tell you that in those 25 years, there was a maturity. There was a process. There was mistakes. There was things that happened that when that promise came about, he was able to sacrifice that promise at the time that God told him to because he knew and he encountered that God in that waiting season. That God that led him to say, I can surrender this promise because I know what God I have and what God I serve. Now that kind of waiting, not everybody likes to go through that kind of waiting. That's not, that's not cool. That's not vibey. That's not sexy. But let me tell you something. That's the kind of waiting that is going to get you close to God. Because I can tell you now that I have my promise. I can tell you now that I hold my daughter in her, in my hands and I change her diaper five times a day and all the things. I can tell you right now, you know what? The God that I met in the waiting is, and that character that I built in the waiting and that anointing that I built in the waiting is allowing me to sustain the blessing that I have now. Do not underestimate your waiting season. Do not underestimate that time that you're there in that pain. And sometimes even in that hiddenness, because you can't even explain to somebody the pain and the things that you're going through. You see, there's other people in the Bible that also were in waiting seasons. Joseph was in a waiting season from the dream to the fulfillment, I want to say it's about 13 years, probably a little more, but let's, but he was also in waiting, in obscurity, in a jail. God had given him dreams. God had given him promises. His family betrayed him in that season. He wasn't waiting. But I'll tell you this, 
that waiting season, that moment of, a, of sadness, of betrayal, of obscurity, led him to be very effective when the promise came and when he was at the right hand of the Pharaoh. So do not underestimate your waiting season. King David, let me tell you about King David. He was anointed three times before actually being on the throne. And between that time of being anointed and actually getting on the throne was 15 to 20 years. You may be telling me, hey, I waited more, 25 years, 30 years. I'm still waiting for my husband to change. I'm still waiting for this to happen. You know, it's a reality. But you know what? You're in good company if you're waiting. You know what? You're in good company if you're waiting. These people waited. These people waited just like you. And they saw fulfillment and they saw promise. But in that season of waiting, I can tell you this. God never once doubted the promises that he had given them. God never once was like, oh, I really messed up with David, man. Oof, oof, que duro, que duro. No, 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 no. He did not. He did not. God called him in the moment, in the moment that no one thought, not even his family, King David, not even his family remembered who he was when Samuel came to anoint him. They didn't even remember where he was. Oh, there's another one. Oh, yeah, yeah, David, come here. Yeah, he's the one that's going to get anointed. You see, sometimes in our life, sometimes in our, in our situations what we, where we live, we're discounted, we're not the right fit, we're too old, it's too late, but God is like, I'm calling you by your identity. I'm calling you by your promise. You are a businessman. You are a mother. You are called to father and mother nations. You are called to sing and worship and bring down strongholds. You are called to intercede and bring heaven down to earth. You see, don't disqualify yourself because of your current condition or your current circumstance. If I would have disqualified myself, which I did, I'm not, hey, I'm here. Usually the people preaching are not because they've done it right. It's because they've done it bad a couple of times. You know, let's just be honest, right? <laughs> okay. I disqualified myself so many times in the waiting season. I was, I trusted God. And then I was like, man, that's messed up, God. I trusted God. And I was like, yeah, th this is a little too long. I didn't want to wait this long. Yeah, God, you messed up. Man, I think, I think I'm, I think I serve you more than this person. So like, why are they getting a blessing and I'm not? Hello? You know you said that. Everyone's really quiet in here, but you know you all said something like that at one point or another, okay? I have. Am I the only one here? This feels a little lonely. What's up? No. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Harold. Thank you. So, so a lot of times we disqualify ourselves. We have to remember the promises that you receive and you have from God are because he's already seen you by your identity. He's already seen you by your purpose. You're seeing yourself here in this part of the timeline, but he's seen this part, this part, this part, and this part of your life. He's seen the whole picture. He's seen the trailer. He's seen the, the, the sequel, the prequel, and the whole thing. You're just in one slice of your life that really is probably not that great right now, but he's seen the whole thing. And he says that the whole thing, you know what it is? It's good. The whole thing is good. Listen to me. I want to tell you, don't disqualify yourself because what you're living right now. Don't disqualify yourself because you're like, man, God said it. It's not happening. And look, and I'm trying and I come to church one day a week and I don't read my Bible, but I thought something was going to happen. No, it don't work like that. Okay. It don't work like that. The waiting season is for you to build that character. It's for you to seek God, throw yourself down on the floor, put a worship song on, download a Spotify playlist and cry it out to God and seek him for it. I'm getting ahead of myself. 
Psalm 37, 9 says, but those who wait for the Lord, they will inherit the land. You see, in your waiting, there is inheritance. In your waiting, there is inheritance. And in the original, in that verse, it also refers to hope. And I want to talk to you today a little bit right now about what is biblical hope. You see, in order to sustain the waiting season, you need hope. And that's something that wavered for me a lot, a lot, because we're human, because we see with this, we don't see like this. Hope, biblical hope is a rock solid, joyful, ouch, joyful anticipation of good. You see, I was not joyful, I was surely not rock solid, and I was not anticipating good. Okay, in my in my journey, I want to tell you, but that is a key that I found out later on towards the end. Why, why is it that towards the end, everything starts making sense? And in the beginning, in the middle is kind of whatever. But towards the end, I said, you know what? This is the key. This is a key for my waiting season. I have to be rock solid on his word, rock solid in his presence. There's a joyful anticipation. I am joyfully waiting for this because I know God is good. And good is not determining, this doesn't, is not determined by my circumstance. Good is determined on him, who he is. If I determine the good or the bad based on my circumstance, mm -mm, no. So that is what hope is. You see, um, I've, I've had the honor and the, and the privilege to, to vacation with Martha Milton. They didn't know I was going to speak about this. Sorry, guys. But I've had the honor and the privilege of vacationing with Martha Milton. We went to Napa. And Napa is one of our favorite places for in the, in the whole wide world. If you get a chance to go, go. And it's wine country, right? But when you go there, it's really interesting to see that from the time that things, the time that the seed is sown to the time of the harvest, it can take sometimes around eight years or more, depending on the, on, the, on the grape, depending on all that, right? But interesting to see, we've, we went to, we, when we were at Napa, it was interesting to see the wines that had the higher value were the wines that took longer to harvest. The wines that were older and from an older selection. What does that tell you? That there's a value in the waiting. The longer the wait, the higher the value. The longer the wait, the more valuable it is when you taste it, when you try it. The longer the wait, there's more pressure, more pressing, more, more, more crushing. But there is a value and a sweetness when you taste that wine or when you, when you, when you, when you receive that promise. Okay? I want to let you know that the wait is not a punishment. The weight is not a rejection from God, but you know what the weight is also not? It's not inactivity. I'm here waiting on you, God, waiting here for you. I don't sing, but waiting here for you. And you're just sitting there. Mm -mm. No, some definitions biblically of waiting, they, they, they are twirling and dancing, but that does not look like waiting. That doesn't look like waiting. You see, when I was in the hospital about to give birth, my, I, I ended up having a C-section. Praise the Lord for that. I'll tell you that another day, but I'll tell you that another day, but I'll tell you this. My husband, when he was waiting to come into the operating room, he wasn't 
waiting here for you. No, he was getting ready. He was putting on his outfit. He was getting the, sterilizing his hands. He was getting ready to wait for his promise. But some of us are in the waiting season and we're like this. I'm waiting on God to do it. I don't know what happened, but he said he was going to do it. And I don't know. You don't open your word. You don't come to church. You don't come to a small group. You don't congregate. You don't. What's going on? That's not waiting. That's not waiting. Waiting is not lack of activity. Waiting is a pursuit. Waiting is a surrender. Waiting is a trust. Waiting is activity. There is an activity in waiting. There's not a striving in waiting. There's not a striving and waiting. I'm not pushing things to make my promise happen. No, I'm encountering the father of the promise. I'm encountering the father of the promise. Like the people of Israel said, we want to seek your face. They want your presence. They understood that more, they, 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 they were basically saying, hey, more than this promised land, we want you. We want you. And at the end of my waiting season, before I even knew it was the end, my heart was so, just so mush at that point that I was just like, you know what, God, even if you don't do this for me, even if I never have a kid, and even if it doesn't come out of my womb, God, I just got to surrender to you because you know what? I can't carry this. I can't carry this. I can't. I can't. I got to surrender this to you. I got to give this up. And I'm not telling you this because I, I had that all together. I'm telling you this because it happened after my younger sister got pregnant before me. Come on. That was hard and it was in 2020 you know the pandemic year that was like that was like a crazy year it was nuts and when that happened i was in the middle of a tension of great joy but also great sadness and sometimes in that that in that in-between tension is what waiting can look like sometimes we're contending we're also, but we're content, but we're also contending. You're content because you love the Lord. You're, 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 you're in his presence. You're doing all the things. But at the same time, you're contending. You're believing for more. You're hoping for more. So it's in that, in that, in that place that I was in 2020. If, for those of you guys that, um, that don't, that don't, uh, know all of the story, part of my, my story is that, I did not want to go through the route of in vitro. I felt like that was like the last option. Has that ever happened to you that you're in a situation that you're like, this is my last option. And if I go here, it's because everything else has failed and it's just going kaputs. Well, in vitro was that for me. A friend of mine, uh, I was working for an author and, um, and, a, and a speaker. Her name is Havila Cunnington. And she's like, Julie, what's wrong with you? She's like, is the miracle the baby or the process? And I was like, oh, wait a minute. I think I have a control issue then. I was like, I think I want to control the way the promise happens, how it happens, and the whole thing. I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like, you called me out. That's good. That's good. You're a prophet. I get it. I get it. You know? And um, so then I said, you know what? Let me, let me, let me search this option, 2020. Obviously, 2020, things were, a lot of things were closed. Everything was going on. I went to this, in August of 2020, I went to this renowned doctor here in Miami, actually, Argentinian, and he, people from South America, everybody goes to this guy, like, he's like the real deal. Renee and I got into a fight the night before because it was like $1,000, you know? Renee was like, this is not from God. <laughs> and I was like, because you got to pay, you know what I'm saying? You know, you know? Renee's like, this is not the Lord. I'm like, listen, give me your credit card, please. I need to do this. <laughs> 
I told you I was going to be honest. I told you. But um, so we went. I went to the doctor and the doctor's like, yeah, there is no way that you'll ever get pregnant unless it's with in vitro. And to be honest with you, the, ugh, in vitro may not even work for you. Now, for those that don't know, in vitro is like thirty-five dollars to $40,000 for one try. That's, that's like a down payment for a house. That's a lot of money. So now at this point, I needed two miracles. God to give me the baby and the money. You know what I'm saying? So I went from one miracle to two miracles because let me backtrack a little bit. Um, Renee and I, we both, I, I, I never ovulated. Renee had also some things going on too. We both had things going on that we couldn't. It was never going to happen for us unless God did a miracle because nothing's impossible with God, right? So we go to this doctor, I come back and I'm like, Renee, we need to get 35 to $40,000. He's like, what is wrong with you? He's like, what, what are you talking about? This is really not from God. Like that point he was like, this is the devil speaking to my wife, you know, like, but, but the truth is, the truth is, is that, you know, we, we got into it a little bit and, and then we were like, you know what? Okay, let's just go ahead and let's do this. But we never even got around to starting anything because obviously that was August. And, you know, it take, you know, there's a lot of moving parts to all that. And lo and behold, before I get to that part, in that time that it was in, I was in August, I was looking through, I was looking to this in vitro doctor. I, re I realized, I realized at that point that I had surrendered more than what I thought in this process. I realized at that point, I was like, okay, 12 years into this. And I realized that I was like, you know what? If it doesn't happen with in vitro, it doesn't happen. I remember having that realization at that point. And I thought to myself, man, God, this, this took 12 years to happen. This, this, took a, this took a lot. There was a lot of work in that. What were my anchors in this time, in this season? My anchors were his presence. My anchor was, was his word. There would be days that I would just open the word and there would be a verse that would just you know, struck out at me. And I'm going to read you one of those verses at the end. Community is also, I had a friend, her name is Carol. She's amazing. If you know her and she would be like every, every couple of months, what are we doing with this? What's happening with this? What's going on? Check in on me, my mom and my sister check in on me because sometimes when you're going through something so hard, so rough, you don't even know how to say that you need help. You don't even know how to say I'm drowning, but I don't even know I'm drowning. So community is key. Community is key. Community doesn't have to be 50 people. It could be one or two great people, and that's great, and that's all you need, you know? That's, that's all you need. And Pastor Chris wanted me to remind you that the small group season is finished, but August 28th, there is going to be a new season. So you guys sign up. Small groups, community is key. Community is key. This walk was not meant to be done alone. It's meant to be done in healthy community. Cry it out, fight it out, live it out. Do, do, don't do life alone, okay? So those are my three anchors in this season. That was August of 2020. Fast forward, Renee and I went on a trip to San Diego. Have you ever been to San Diego? It's beautiful. Came back from the trip and I'm like, I'm feeling a little weird. What's happening here? I'm like, okay. And then I'm like, I, I keep feeling weird, but not a weird that I've ever felt before. And I'm like, what's going on? I call my mom. Mom, 
should I take a pregnancy test? Mom was like, wait another week, mija. You know, because she was like, I don't want her to get like a, like a, like, you know what I mean? Like she was like worried and everything. And I'm like, you know what? No, I'm not going to wait another week, mija. I got to take this test now. Because if you know me, I'm impatient. That's why God, you, and God had me wait 12 years for this. It's crazy. It was September 19th, 2020. Never forget this. I took that test before I put that Sorry if this is TMI, but before I put that test down, that line was blue positive. I was pregnant. The old-fashioned way, people. The old-fashioned way. Thank you, Harold. Before I could even put that test down and I saw that blue line, all I could do was start laughing. Not laughing like Sarah laughed. Laughing of joy of like, this is happening. Oh, my God. It was almost like an out-of-body moment where you're like, is this me? Is this really happening? Oh my goodness. I, I never, I never in a million years would have ever thought that that would have happened. Now give, let me give you context. Never started one in vitro treatment. Never started, never went to another appointment except that appointment where I have it documented by a doctor that it was impossible for me to get pregnant. Okay. September 19th is Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah is a Jewish holiday, and one of the definitions, or one of the meanings, excuse me, of Rosh Hashanah is he remembers. Oh, let me tell you, he remembers. He remembers your situation. He remembers the promise he gave to you. He remembers the day that you said, God, I trust you, and things didn't work out. He remembers everything, and there's a day of fulfillment, and there's a day that that promise will come to pass. There's a day that the promise will be a reality. There's a day that you're going to be holding that baby. There's a day that you're going to be in that business. There's a day that you're going to see that family member come to God, or your husband, or your marriage, or your child come back to Jesus. There's a day of fulfillment. There's a day of promise. There's a day of promise for you because you know what? He remembers. He doesn't forget. He's not, oh, remember Jesus what you told me? No. We are the ones that need remembering. We are the ones that need to, hey, every now and then a little, little wake up slap in the face. One of the verses that was, the, was an anchor verse for me in this season, in this 12 years of waiting for my husband and I, that was this verse in Isaiah 54, 1 through 4. In, in, this, in this passage, um, the woman is, is, refers to Israel. But I want to show you this. It says, sing barren woman, you who have never bore a child. Wow, that's, that, that, that's, almost, that's almost rude. You're singing the woman. You're saying, sing the woman who's never bore a child. Burst into song, shout for joy. That's rough. Well, you never bore a child because, but, but wait, look what it says. Here's the promise. You who never were in labor because more are the children of the desolate woman than of her who has a husband, says the Lord. Sometimes we feel desolate. Sometimes we feel alone. But God says that your inheritance, your promise is larger than that of the woman who has a husband and is, and is boring children. In verse number two, it says, now remember, it says, enlarge the place of your tent. You see, the promise hasn't, hasn't been fulfilled, but God is already saying, expand, get ready. It's coming. It says, enlarge the place of your tent, stretch your tent curtains wide. He says, don't hold back. Don't hold back, says the Lord. Lengthen your cords, strengthen your stakes. Oh, because let me tell you, if you've gone camping, 
You got to know that you got to strengthen your stakes so that tent can hold what it needs to hold. God is saying today to you, this is a promise to you. If you're telling me today, I don't, I'm not even in waiting because I don't have a promise. Yes, you do. Yes, you're in waiting. We're all in waiting for something. God is saying here, enlarge the place of your tent, but I'm broke. Enlarge the place of your tent, but my husband don't love me. Enlarge the place of your tent, but my son is rebellious and is partying and is clubbing. Enlarge the place of your tent, says the Lord. Dig your tent pegs deep. Stretch it out, says the Lord. For you, and don't hold back, he says. Do not hold back. Sometimes we reserve and we're like, like, just in case, God is not a God of just in case. Stretch it out. Don't hold back, says the Lord. In verse 3, it says, for you will sp spread out to the right and to the left. Your descendants will disp dispossess nations and settle in their desolate cities. Oh, your inheritance is going to be great. Your inheritance is going to be great. The fulfillment is going to be great. And verse number 4 says, do not be afraid. Because it's scary. You planning. You ain't got no baby in your hand. It's scary. But the Lord says, do not be afraid. You will not be put to shame. You can trust me. That's what that tells me. You can trust me, says the Lord. I will not put you to shame. You can trust me, says the Lord. Do not, be, do not fear. Disgrace. You will not be humiliated. Oh, I don't know about you. But sometimes there's things that God asks me to do that it feels scary. It feels like I'm going to be humiliated. It feels like he's going to pull the wool out of, you know, the rug from underneath me. Sometimes it feels, but you know what? He's telling me here, do not be afraid. I'm not going to be humiliated. I'm not going to be disgraced. I can trust him with that promise. I can trust him in my waiting. I can trust him. You know what? Yes, she got pregnant before me. I bless her. You know what? He got the house before me. I bless him because I know that God is not a God that he gives something to you and then he doesn't have enough for me. That's not the God that we serve. That's not the God that we serve. He's not a God of lack. He's not a God of like, oops, I ran out. Sorry, there's a shortage, you know, supply chain issues. That's not the God that we serve. Amen. So today to close, I want to impart something. I want to impart over you the way that I received this miracle. It was impossible. I already told you this whole time. It's impossible. A doctor told me it was impossible. Life told me it was impossible. My, 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 my biology said it was impossible, but for God, it was not impossible. For him, it was not impossible because the word says in Luke 1, 37, it says, but for God, for with God, nothing is impossible. Do you believe that today? You believe that today? Well, today I want to impart over you. I want to impart over you this miracle that I carry, these, this, this anointing of miracles that I carry, because I believe that some of you are sitting here today like I was for those 12 years, waiting for miracles, not only for family, but miracles for finance, miracles for family to come to the Lord, miracles for businesses, miracles for, for special inheritances. And there's somebody watching on camera today that you feel like God is done with you and God is not done with you. I'm telling you right now, you are sitting in your living room and you're watching this and I am here to tell you right now that God is not done with you. He's just getting started. He's saying, give me that chance and I will show you the plans and the things that I have for you, says the Lord. He's telling you right now, don't give up on me because he has not given up on you. Listen to me. Listen to me. I am telling you, he has great things for you. There is family blessing for you. He's saying that there is 
financial restitution for you as well. So I want, I want to know if there's anybody here today that is in, that is like me, in line that needed a miracle, that your situation is, is just so crazy and so wild that only with a miracle, it can, it can get worked out. Something supernatural has to happen. If that's you, I just ask you to raise your hand, whether it be family, financial, whatever. And I want to pray for you. And I want you to just receive this prayer. I want you to get there in this mode of just receiving from a good Abba, from a good father that loves you and want to lavish blessing on you. So Father God, in the name of Jesus, I want to release under the sound, everyone that is under the sound of my voice, I want to release miracles over their life. I want to release blessing over their life. I want to release the God of the impossibility invading their situation right now in Jesus name I want to say I want to come against all mindsets that speaks to you at night and said it's not going to happen and says that you know what you should just do this just give up just don't do this because he's not for you he's against you look at what happened with your dad look what happened with your mom this is your family generational thing no I say in the name of Jesus the blood of Jesus comes through your family line and cuts those things and you cut the curse in your family generational curses broken health received and miracles received in health and in bloodline financial blessings i declare that there the reason why you don't do well in jobs is because god has called you to start your business god has called you to start a business i declare business blessing over over my brothers and sisters today you are the head and not the tail says the word and i declare no more struggling i feel like some of you are in a season that it's like man i've been like struggling and it's like one struggle after another and i can't catch a break and i just say the God of the breakthrough invades that situation. Some of you are feeling great overwhelm, feeling very overwhelmed. And I just declare that God overwhelms that that is overwhelming you right now in this moment. Right now, Jesus. I say right now in Jesus' mighty name, we just release miracles, 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 supernatural things activating in my brothers and sister now. The same way that you did it with me, Holy Spirit, do it again do it again God do it again I just receive I just release activation in the spirit I see that some of you are hungry for God some of you are hungry but you're like I want more I don't know how to get more I declare supernatural encounters at night I declare dreams and visitations from the Holy Spirit I declare activations I declare that you encounter people and you are your word is like a fire your word is fire to anoint people to bring them into the knowledge of Jesus I release that in Jesus mighty name thank you father for the work that you are doing in my brothers and sisters thank you Lord because some of them are in waiting seasons today they wanted to give up but today they're getting fresh and new hope God because you are the God of the impossibility for with you nothing is impossible God because every promise that you give us has the power for to be fulfilled God you are not on the throne wavering you are not unsure about us you are sure about us God because you are not moved by in your throne you are not wavering God you are a sure thing we can put our trust in you and you will not um you will not disillusion us God thank you Lord for my brothers and sisters I declare that today is your day of breakthrough that today is a day that everything changes for you I declare that today Today is the day that you see 
you walk in the promise, in the identity that he has called you to be. Thank you, Jesus. Thanks again for listening. If you liked what you've heard, subscribe to our channel and share it with others. Now, for more content from NUMA and to connect with us, visit our webpage at numachurchmiami.org. We love you and we hope to connect with you soon.